from my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand my intention? This is Bartok again with another music and sci-fi guest podcast. It's December 28th, 2014, and this is Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast number 519, the very last podcast for 2014. And I have the wonderful opportunity to be your host. Thanks, Rico. For today's segment, I'm going to talk about the music of one of my favorite composers, Danny Elfman. The opening music track was a track I have to believe all of you Treks and Sci-Fi fans are very familiar with, Weird Science, the Oingle Boingle title song for the 1985 John Hughes movie of the same name. Who couldn't remember the wonderful Kelly Brock in that movie? But more about all of that later. For now, relax and enjoy this perspective on that eclectic composer and former Oingle Boingle lead man, Danny Elfman. 
Daniel Robert Elfman was born on May 29, 1953, in Los Angeles, and is 61 years old today. He is an American composer, actor, record producer, and was the lead singer and songwriter for the rock band Oingo Boingo for 19 years, from 1976 to 1995. So in reality, Danny has had two music careers, the first as the lead singer and band leader for Oingo Boingo, and the second as a top-rated Hollywood composer for television and movies, and is still in much demand today. Now, Danny may be best known for the Simpsons main title theme and the 1989 Batman movie theme, and scoring the majority of longtime friend Tim Burton's movies. But he has done so much more, and I think you will be pleasantly amazed at his portfolio. But let's first back up and start with his earlier years and move forward. Danny was born the son of Milton Elfman, an elementary school teacher who served in the Army Air Corps during World War II, and Blossom Elfman, a writer and teacher. He grew up in a Jewish family in a racially mixed community of Baldwin Hills in L.A. Like other future composers, he found that when at the movie theater, he paid a lot of attention to the score, and especially like Bernard Herrmann and Franz Waxman. Bernard Herrmann is known for the scores to Citizen Kane, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Psycho, Vertigo, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Mysterious Island, and Taxi. Franz Waxman gave us the scores to Bride of Frankenstein, The Philadelphia Story, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Sunset Boulevard, Mr. Roberts, Run Silent, Run Deep, Terrace Bulba, and much more. Now, in high school, Danny hung out with other band geeks and started a ska band. Hold it, Bartok. What is a ska band? Well, ska is a music genre that originated in Jamaica in the late 1950s and was the precursor to rocksteady and reggae. Ska combines elements of Caribbean mentho and calypso and American jazz and rhythm and blues. It is characterized by a walking bass line accented with rhythms on the upbeat. Here is a short example. Danny didn't finish high school and dropped out to go to France with his older brother Richard, where he performed with La Grande Magic Circus an avant-garde musical theater group. From there he traveled to Africa, visiting Ghana, Mali, and Upper Volta, where he was exposed to new musical styles, including something called the Ghanaian highlife genre, which would eventually influence Danny's own music style. Unfortunately for Danny, he got malaria while in Africa and was sick often. He returned to the United States and became romantically attached to Kim Gordon, who later went on to form Sonic Youth, an American alternative rock band from New York City formed in 1981. In late 1972, Danny's older brother Richard founded an American new wave band musical theater group, originally called the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, in the tradition of Spike Jones and Frank Zappa, performing an eclectic repertoire ranging from Cab Calloway covers to instrumentals in the style of Balinese gamelan and Russian ballet music. 
The name was inspired by a fictional secret society on the Amos and Andy TV series called The Mystics Knights of the Sea. Most of the members were formed in whiteface and clown makeup, and a typical show contained music ranging from the 1890s to the 1950s, in addition to original material. This version of the band employed as many as 15 musicians at any given time, playing over 30 instruments, including some instruments built by the band members. While this Richard Elfman-led incarnation of the group performed live, it unfortunately did not release any recordings. They played several shows throughout the 1970s until Richard Elfman left the band to become a filmmaker, passing the leadership of the band to his younger brother Danny. As a send-off to the band's original concept, Richard Elfman created the film Forbidden Zone, based upon their theatrical stage performances. Danny Elfman composed his first score for the film, and in one scene he played the role of Satan with the other band members playing his minions. By the time the movie was completed, they had shortened the band name to just Oingo Boingo in 1979, and begun recording and touring as a rock group. Here is the namesake track, Forbidden Zone. From 1976 and on, the band was led by Danny Elfman until 1995 when they retired suddenly after 19 years. The band is said to have undergone three different transitions during its time. From 1979 through 1984, the so-called IRS period, the band transformed from a theater troupe to a rock group. The reasons attributed to this change include reducing costs, taking it from a large number of performers to a smaller group, increased mobility afforded by the smaller band, and then leaving all of that theater equipment behind, and their desire to explore new musical directions such as ska. In 1979, they issued a demo EP record for record stations to use and for A&R reps to hear in order to land a major recording label contract. It did, and they signed with IRS Records was a slightly altered version of the demo EP becoming their first public release, titled Oingo Boingo. In 1980, 
Their song, Only a Lad, was aired frequently on KROQ-FM in L.A. with their new song classified as New Wave. The band, recording for A&M Records, released albums in 1982 titled Nothing to Fear and 1983, Good for Your Soul, that drew comparisons to Devo and later Wall of Voodoo. Now let's listen to Only a Lad. The band's second period became known as the MCA Years and was from 1985 through 1990, after the band was signed with MCA Records. One of the band members, Richard Gibbs, left in 1985 and subsequently wrote the music for the Battlestar Galactica miniseries with Bear McCreary in 2003. During this period, the band appeared in a number of soundtracks including Goodbye Goodbye for Fast Times at Ridgemont High and the opening track, Weird Science, in 1985. The band also appeared on stage in several other movies as a band, including Tom Hanks' 1984 Bachelor Party. It was in 1985 that Danny Elfman started his second and overlapping career by scoring the soundtrack for Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Over the next five years, while still leading Oingo Boingo, Danny would become more and more involved with movie soundtracks. How did Pee-wee's Big Adventure come, come to you? Right. So now, to make things more complicated, uh, 1985, uh, Oingo Boingo's been moving along for about six years, seven years, I, I don't know, depending on exactly what year you call our beginning, 79, let's say. Um, I get a call from my manager, whether I take a meeting with this animator uh, named Tim Burton, who, of course, I'd never heard of. And um, Paul Rubens, who, uh, a.k.a. Pee-wee Herman, that he'd done a movie of Pee-wee. Now, I was a fan of Pee-wee. I knew Pee-wee uh, as a performer. He used to play at a L.A. improv club called The Grounding, Groundlings, and I used to go see him. So I saw the very first incarnations of Pee-wee Herman, when that was only one of Paul's several characters that he would do in the evening. And I was like, oh, yeah, Pee-wee Herman. I love Pee-wee Herman. I don't know who this kid is, the director, but uh, I'll meet him. And I thought they were interested in a song because we, you know, we're starting to get some songs in movies. Uh, a friend of mine, Amy Heckerling, put a song uh, in the movie Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and, and there were a few others. And so 
I assume that's what it was. And uh, I met with Tim, and he says, I'd like a score. And literally, it was like, why me? And he said, well, I've seen Oingo Boingo, and I think you could kind of do stuff. And now, it turns out that Paul Rubens had seen Forbidden Zone, and he'd made a note, oh, I really like that. Somehow, I think my name ended up on both of their lists. And uh, so it was, once again, a fortuitous, lucky, random moment. I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a rough cut. I went home. I had a reel-to-reel tape recorder, and I recorded a demo, all the parts, and made a cassette and sent it out to them. Never expected to hear back. About a week or two later, I get a call from my manager saying, you got the job. Over his career, Danny Elfman has collaborated with Tim Burton on 15 of his movies, missing only the soundtracks for Ed Wood and Sweeney Todd. Here is his track from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Wingo Bungo's third and final year's period from 1991 through 1995 explored new musical direction and shuffled their ensemble lineup. They were dropped by MCA Records. A final brief farewell tour ended with the final annual Halloween performance at the Universal Amphitheater in 1995. Years later in 2007, during an interview, Danny Elfman said there would not be a reunion of Wingo Boingo. He noted that he has irreversible hearing loss that started during his last years in the band that may be due to high noise levels while playing in a band, and he worries that playing live would exacerbate it. He stated that some other members of the band may also suffer from the condition. Earlier, I had noted that he was influenced by Bernard Herrmann and Franz Waxman, but he was also influenced by other film music greats including Eric Korngeld, Max Steiner, and David Tamkin. Even though he never had any university training, he was influenced by modern classicist composers including Bela Bartok, 
Philip Glass, Sergei Prokofiev, Maurice Ravel, Eric Sadie, Igor Stravinsky, and Peter Tchaikovsky. Let's hear Danny talk about how he is self-taught and his first job for Tim Burton. I'm probably the most unique thing about my coming up is that I'm self-taught. Um, in those Mystic Nights days, we started out on the street. I started out as a street musician. Uh, first three, four years of performing was simply on the streets. And then the ensemble got more and more ambitious, and I had to teach myself how to write. So I learned to write without ever knowing how to read, and that's kind of odd. You know, you always start out as a musician learning how to read and play an instrument, and then you write from there. Uh, as a musician, I played five instruments in the Mystic Nights, but I didn't know how to read on any of them. Uh, most of them were percussion. I played trombone, I played fiddle, but I could hear anything, and I could duplicate anything. And then eventually I learned that I could write anything down because I wanted to get arrangements absolutely correct. And the last arrangement uh, that I did for uh, the Mystic Nights was called the Oingo Boingo Piano Concerto Number One and a Half. It was a very ambitious, like five and a half minute piece of music uh, that was based on Prokofiev and Stravinsky and all these composers that I loved, all jumbled together. And Nino Rota from, from Fellini movies. It was really a combination of all of that. And without knowing it, because that was seven years before I did anything with film. Um, that was really like my first film score. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I finally got Pee-wee's Big Adventure and had to write a score, I had to like project back many years to when I had written that extremely dense little piece of music. And I said, if I could write that, I could write this piece of film score. But in between, I was in a rock band where you don't have to write anything. But I think it's odd to uh, be a self-trained composer in terms of writing. I mean, there's a lot of self-trained musicians that are really good at uh, playing, but I don't know if there are many self-trained uh, composers. And I learned by ear, by transcribing, um, believe it or not, uh, Duke Ellington, Django Reinhardt, old 1920s and 30s jazz, because we also did a lot of that. And I remember wanting to get a Duke Ellington piano solo exactly correct from this old record, and I just listened to it over and over, and I finally got to the point where I was able to write it down exactly and hear if there was like anything on. Mm -hmm. So that was all my training. My training was listening and then teaching myself how to write it down, and then getting more ambitious with that stuff until the compositions are getting nuttier and nuttier. But I never had a formal lesson in my life, so I guess that's a little odd for, a, for an orchestral composer. Mm -hmm. Danny has been composing for film and television since 1982, which is going on 32-plus years now. He has about 75 films to his credit where he has provided either the score or significant input. 12 films where he provided one or more tracks for soundtracks done by other composers. He has 13 credits for music for television shows and other music that he has composed for performance outside of the above. All from a high school dropout who was self-taught. So at last, let's concentrate on Danny Elfman's years as a film and television composer. Now, out of all of the above material, I won't be able to mention them all in this podcast, so I will try to focus on either his more famous works or ones of interest to the Treks and Sci-Fi audience. So here we go. In 1986, while still in Oingo Boingo, Danny composed the soundtrack to Wisdom, a romantic film starring Demi Moore and Emilio Estevez, about a young man named John Wisdom, just out of college. However, a grand theft auto conviction on his high school graduation night makes it so he can't get a job and he becomes a Robin Hood for the people. In the end, he is riddled with bullets, only to wake up from a dream. Here is the track, 
Finale. Danny provided two TV episode scores for Amazing Stories between 1985 to 87. In 1988, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman hooked up for their second collaboration with Beetlejuice, a wonderfully eclectic movie with Gina Davis and Alec Guinness as a recently deceased couple who become ghosts haunting their former home, and an obnoxious and devious ghost named Beetlejuice, played by Michael Keaton. Here is the track, and credits, I'm sure you will all remember.
Next up for Danny were the 1988 movies Midnight Run, Big Top Pee Wee, Hot to Trot, and then Scrooged. Here is a part of the theme song for Midnight Run, since it is decidedly different from much of his other music. You know, it's such a shame I have Elfin track to too many of these movies, but there just isn't enough time for it in this podcast. In 1989, Danny composed perhaps the most famous music of his career when he composed the opening theme for The Simpsons. Let's listen to a backstory about Danny Elfman and Matt Groening and how he got the job of composing The Simpsons TV theme. Stumbling into The Simpsons theme was much just like winning a lottery or something in the sense that I... (laughs) Oh my God, here comes another story. Um, All right. I'll try to make it quick. In Oingo Boingo, uh, we did a show one night and got this terrible review in the L.A. Reader by a critic named Matt Groening. And um, it was such a nasty review that I took exception because normally I loved our bad reviews. And, like the worse, the better. I, that was energy. You know, bad reviews and criticism and negative energy always provided a huge fuel source. That's what, that was my atomic fuel. That's what kept me going. That's what motivated me. Um, But in this one case, I really took exception because he admitted in the review that he only saw the encores. He missed the show. 
And I, I wrote this letter back saying, I mean, if you're going to say what you're going to say, that's fine. But you've got to sit through the show if you're going to write the damn review. And um, so uh, they printed the rebuttal. So he had this nasty review, this nasty rebuttal. And that was that. As the years go by, I start seeing this comic in the LA Weekly called uh, Life in Hell. And I said, Matt Groening, he's that asshole who did that review. But I like this comic, and I hated the fact that I really liked what he was doing, which means he had talent. Because when you really don't like somebody, you don't like them to be talented. You like them to be talentless hacks, and clearly he had talent. So now it's many years later, and I get a call. There's this show. It's called The Simpsons. It's an animated show, and Matt Groening is the uh, it's his. He created it. He wants to meet you. Ah, oh, this will be interesting. So I go in, and you know we talk, and they play a pencil sketch kind of version of the thing. I really liked them, and I liked what they did. And I said, no one's ever going to see this. So never make it past, you know, a couple episodes. But it looks like fun. And I said, if you want something really retro, I'm the guy for it. If you want something contemporary and modern, I'm really the wrong one. Because I saw it, and it just really brought me back to Hanna-Barbera, the Flintstones. In fact, the opening kind of has a Flintstone energy to it, you know, going to work and the car driving and the whole thing. And I grew up on the Flintstones. So I said, I think it should be like in that mode that, you know, it should feel like that kind of weird 60s TV thing. And Matt was like, yeah, cool. And um, as I'm leaving, you know, we shake hands. And he goes, by the way, uh, you probably don't remember, but I say, yeah, I remember. And he goes, we're cool now? He goes, yeah, we're cool. Of course, this podcast wouldn't be complete without listening to that piece of Americana music. Another famous TV theme for Danny Elfman also occurred in 1989 when he composed the theme song for Tales from the Crypt. Without further ado, here it is. Thank you. 
1989, Danny once again worked with Tim Burton, this time for the classic and gothic film Batman, one of Danny's best-known works. He won his only Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack Album for a Motion Picture, Television, or Other Visual Media at the 32nd Grammy Awards. So many good tracks to choose from, but I must defer to the one you will all expect me to play. Here is the Batman theme. In 1990, Danny provided the score for Dick Tracy, played by Warren Beatty, with Madonna, Al Pacino, and others. The comic strip detective finds his life vastly complicated when Breathless Mahoney makes advances toward him while he is trying to battle Big Boy Capricious' united mob. I really like the classic music starting at one minute into this track. See if it appeals to you as well.
1990 saw the release of Sam Raimi's film Darkman, based on the short story Raimi wrote that paid homage to Universal's horror films of the 1930s. The film stars Liam Neeson as Peyton Westlake, a scientist who was attacked and left for dead by a ruthless mobster, Robert Durant, after his girlfriend, an attorney, runs afoul of a corrupt developer. Unable to secure the rights to either The Shadow or Batman, Raimi decided to create his own superhero and struck a deal with Universal Studios to make his first Hollywood studio film. Darkman was generally well-received by critics and performed well at the box office, grossing about $49 million worldwide, well above its $16 million budget. Over the years, Darkman has become regarded as a cult film. Since then, Danny has collaborated with Sam Raimi for a total of seven films, Here's a part of Danny Elfman's theme for The Dark Man. After Darkman came another very Tim Burton film entitled Edward Scissorhands, also in 1990. A romantic dark fantasy film starring, who else, Johnny Depp as an artificial man named Edward, who is an unfinished creation and has scissors for hands. Edward's scissorhands were created and designed by famed special makeup effects artist Dan Winston. The film, the fourth collaboration with Tim Burton, received numerous nominations at the Academy Awards, British Academy Film Awards, Saturn Awards, as well as winning the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. Both Burton and Elfman consider Edward Scissorhands their most personal and favorite work. Now here is one of my favorite tracks from the film titled Storytime.
Another short-lived TV series with only 22 episodes with a Danny Elfman theme song was The Flash, which debuted in 1990. If you listen carefully, do you hit a bit of Batman in there? Over his career, Danny has written theme music for TV shows such as Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse, Beetlejuice, Batman the Animated Series, Perversions of Science, Dilbert, Desperate Housewives, and Point Pleasant. However, he has not been credited with a TV series show since 2005. There seemed to be a break in the action in 1991 with no film scores coming out. Not surprising, since Tim had scored four top feature films in 1990. However, in 1992, he composed a score for Article 92. Next was the anticipated Batman Returns, another Tim Burton superhero film, with Michael Keaton reprising his role as the Bat. Michelle Pfeiffer was introduced as the Catwoman, and Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. Burton originally did not want to direct another Batman film because of his mixed emotions toward the previous film in 89, but he finally agreed to return after he was granted more creative control. Danny Elfman won a BMI Film Music Award for the score. Per request from the forum member Chris, let's listen to Birth of a Penguin, Part 1.
Of note is that Danny DeVito won a Golden Raspberry Award for his worst supporting actor role as the Penguin. The next year in 1993, another very eclectic movie from the creative mind of Tim Burton came out called The Nightmare Before Christmas. It was a stop-motion film actually directed by Harry Selleck but produced by Tim Burton. It tells the story of Jack Skellington, a bean from Halloween Town, who opens a portal to Christmas Town and decides to celebrate the holiday with some dastardly and comical consequences. Danny Elfman wrote the film score and actually provided the singing but not talking voice of Jack, as well as some other minor characters. He won a Saturn Best Music Award for Nightmare. Here's the requested form member track, This is Halloween. And you will see This our town of Halloween This is Halloween This is Halloween Pumpkins scream in the dead of night This is Halloween Everybody make a scene Trick or treat Tell the neighbors gonna die of fright It's our town Everybody's scream It's town of Halloween I am the one hiding under your bed Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red I am the one hiding under your stairs like snakes and spiders in my hair. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. In this town we call home, everyone hail to the pumpkin song. In this town, don't we love it now? Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. Found that corner hang hiding in the trash can. Something's waiting at the pumps and how you scream. This is Halloween. It's like green. Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. Say it once, say it twice, take a chance and roll the dice. Ride with the moon in the dead of night. Everybody scream, everybody scream. I am the clown of the tearaway face. Here in a flash of vomit and trace. I am the who in the cold who's there. I am the wind blowing through your hair. Shadow on the moon at night, filling your dreams to the brim with fright. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. That's our job, but we're not mean in, in our, our town, town of Halloween. In this town, don't we love it now? Everyone's waiting for the next surprise. Gonna take Jack, might catch you in the back and scream like a bet you make you jump out of your skin. This is Halloween, everybody scream. Won't you please make way for a very special guy? The woman Jack is king of the pumpkin patch. Everyone hail to the pumpkin king.
The year 1994 saw Danny moving away from fantasy and superheroes. His only soundtrack was the score for the movie Black Beauty, the fifth adaptation of the novel by Anna Sewell. This movie demonstrated that Danny Elfman could compose beautiful and serious film music, a decidedly different tone for him. Here is the track titled Memories, that seems to harken back to Danny's violin playing days as a youth. Skipping ahead to 1996, Danny Elfman provided the score for Mission Impossible, directed by Brian De Palma and starring Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, in a mission to discover a mole who has framed him for the murders of his entire IMF team. Three more MI films followed due to the success of the first. Danny Elfman utilized the same theme music created by Lalo Schifrin, now, originally, Alan Silvestri was earmarked to do the incidental music and had, in fact, recorded somewhere around 23 minutes of the score. During post-production, due to creative differences, Silvestri's music was rejected and replaced by new music by composer Danny Elfman. Personally, now, other than the namesake track, I found the rest of the soundtrack to be what I call filler music that remains distant in the background. So let's honor Lalo Schifrin and listen to Danny's version of the Mission Impossible theme. Nineteen ninety six also saw the release of the films Freeway, 
The Frighteners, Extreme Measures, and then Mars Attack. Another Tim Burton eclectic creation was an amazing all-star cast, including Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Pierce Brosnan, and Danny DeVito, with supporting roles played by Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Steiger, Tom Jones, Natalie Portman, Jack Black, Jim Brown, and others. The film is a parody of science fiction B-movies with elements of black comedy and political satire. The plot is just too crazy fun and complicated to repeat here, so please enjoy this track, Mars Attacks. The interesting sounding instrument you hear in Mars Attacks is a theremin. Here's a bit of history about that unusual instrument. The theremin was invented in 1919 and became the first electronic musical instrument that had a career in the 20th century, and it is still the only instrument which can be played without any mechanical touching. The theremin player moves his hand near two antennas. The proximity of the right hand to the vertical antenna changes the electromagnetic field, thus changing the pitch of the sound over a six-octave range. The left hand controls the volume. The theremin sounds something like a cello or violin, sometimes like a flute, and often a human voice. 
The instrument circuit uses a beat frequency oscillator in which an audible musical tone is derived from the beating between two high-frequency oscillators. The frequency of one of the oscillators is fixed. The frequency of the other is altered by the performer's proximity to the pitch antenna. The creator of the theremin, Lev S. Theremin, was born in St. Petersburg in 1896. He invented the theremin in 1919 and did entertaining demonstrations at concerts all over Russia, Europe, and the USA. The theremin is also featured in Lost Weekend, Spellbound, and Ed Wood, and is currently manufactured by Moog and can be purchased for as little $285 used. Rick Moyer, do I see a theremin in your future? I've included this little side story here because I'm sure Danny would have approved of it. Next up for Danny in 1997 was one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time, Men in Black. Starring Will Smith as Agent J and Tommy Lee Jones as Agent K, the Men in Black are a secret organization who supervise extraterrestrial life forms on Earth and hide their existence from ordinary humans. The makeup was by Rick Baker and the special effects by Industrial Light and Magic. The film grossed $589 million worldwide and inspired Marvel to develop more properties into movies, including Spider-Man, which was also produced with Columbia. Here is the Men in Black main theme.
Danny Elfman only composed the main theme and the closing theme for Men in Black 1. When he returned from Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3, he composed the entire scores. Danny's second 1997 effort was the Disney comedy film Flubber, a remake of the original 1961 The Absent-Minded Professor. Robin Williams starred as the forgetful Professor Philip Brainerd of Medfield College, who misses two weddings, angering his fiancée Sarah. The professor misses his third wedding when he discovers Flubber and starts to figure out how he can use it. Will Wheaton had a part as Bennett Honecker. Here is my favorite track from Flubber, yet demonstrating again how Elfman can mix up his composition styles with Mambo del Flubber. If you recall, this is the scene where the little flubber creatures are doing a group mambo dance. Finally, in 1997, Danny scored the soundtrack for Goodwill Hunting, yet another Robin Williams film. Will Hunting, played by Matt Damon, is a 20 year old South Boston laborer janitor working at MIT who is an unrecognized mathematics genius, but he has assaulted a police officer. In order to defer prosecution, he is assigned to a therapist, played by Williams, in order to think about his future and his relationships with people around him. The film was nominated for nine Academy Awards, winning Best Supporting Actor for Williams and Best Original Screenplay for Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. 
Here is the main titles track from Goodwill Hunting. Danny was nominated for an Academy Award for the score. Between 1998 and 2000, Danny scored eight soundtracks, but I'm skipping over those. In 2001 came Planet of the Apes, another Tim Burton film and remake of the original 1968 film that starred Carlton Heston. In 2029, aboard the United States Air Force Space Station Oberon, Leo Davidson, played by Mark Wahlberg, works closely with primates who are trained for space missions. His favorite simian co-worker is a chimpanzee named Pericles. With a deadly electromagnetic storm approaching the station, a small space pod piloted by Pericles is used to probe the storm. Pericles's pod heads into the storm and disappears. Against his commanding officer's orders, Leo takes the second pod and goes in pursuit of Pericles. Entering the storm, Leo loses contact with the Oberon and crashes on a planet called Ashlar in the year 5021. He discovers that the world is ruled by humanoid apes who can speak the human language, but who treat human beings as slaves. The score by Elfman was nominated for a Grammy at the 43rd Grammy Awards. Danny utilized a lot of percussion due to the military nature of the film. Here is an interesting remix of the film tracks titled Rule the planet.
When asked if he would do a follow-up movie, Tim Burton replied, I'd rather jump out of a window. In 2002, Danny composed a score to Spider-Man, a San Raimi-directed film. In all, Danny has composed music for seven San Raimi films, making Raimi the second most collaborated director behind Tim Burton. Based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name, the film stars Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker, a high school student who turns to crime-fighting after developing spider-like superpowers. Spider-Man also stars William Defoe as Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, Kirsten Dunst as Peter's love interest Mary Jane Watson, and James Franco as his best friend Harry Osborn. Spider-Man was universally acclaimed, being highlighted by several aspects that were fairly faithful to the comics, such as cast choice, visual style, and plot. The film was nominated at the 75th Academy Awards Ceremony for Best Visual Effects and Best Sound Mixing. Due to the success of the film, Columbia Pictures and Marvel created two sequels. The first sequel, Spider-Man 2, was released in 2004. The second sequel, Spider-Man 3, was released in 2007. Spider-Man was a major commercial success, becoming the first film to pass the $100 million mark in a single weekend. The film was a success for Danny Elfman as well, winning a BMI Film Music Award and a Saturn Best Music Award. Here is the track, Farewell.
The year 2002 also saw the return of Men in Black with Men in Black 2, backer Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. The film also stars Lara Flynn Boyle, Johnny Knoxville, Rosario Dawson, Tony Shalhoub, and Rip Torn. Five years after Agent K's retirement, Agent J is now the top operative for the MIB. But J has no permanent partner since Agent K has resigned and Agent L returned to work in a morgue. Subsequent partners have not lived up to J's standards, so he neutralizes them back to civilian status. While investigating a crime at a Soho pizzeria and questioning the waitress Laura Vasquez, played by Rosario Dawson, Jay uncovers a plot by Serlina, the shape-shifting Cleothian queen. After destroying several planets, she sneaks onto Earth and disguises herself as a lingerie model, played by Laura Flynn Boyle. In her own form, she resembles a plant-like hydra. The memory-wipe neuralized Agent K has resumed civilian life as Kevin Brown, postmaster in Truro, Massachusetts. Unbeknownst to him, the post office workers are aliens monitoring him. To stop Serlina, Jay must convince Kevin to rejoin MIB. As Kay is the only living operative who knows how to find the light of Zartha. Here is one of my favorite tracks from Men in Black 2 titled Worm Lounge No. 1, with its throwback sound to spy thriller movies of yore.
Also in 2002 was the film score for Red Dragon, a prequel to the Hannibal Lecter series that included The Silence of the Lambs in 91 and Hannibal in 2001. In 2002, Danny also provided two songs for the film musical Chicago, with the jazzy tracks After Midnight and Roxy's Suite. It was the first film since Oliver in 1969 to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. Next up was Ang Lee's Hulk in 2003. Frequent Ang Lee collaborator Michael Donna was the original composer for the film. However, Donna's score was rejected by studio executives for its non-traditional approach, which featured Japanese taiko, African drumming, and Arabic singing. Elfman was then approached by Universal's president of film music, Kathy Nelson. With just 37 days to compose over two hours of music, Elfman agreed out of respect to Ang Lee. While instructing to retain much of the character of Donna's score, Lee pushed Elfman to write material that did not sound like his previous superhero scores. Here is the Hulk main theme. Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004. Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and James Franco reprised their respective roles. Set two years after the events of Spider-Man, 
The film focuses on Peter Parker struggling to manage both his personal life and his duties as Spider-Man, while Dr. Otto Octavius, a.k.a. Dr. Octopus, becomes diabolical following a failed experiment and his wife's deaths. He uses his mechanical tentacles to threaten and endanger the lives of New York City's residents. Spider-Man must stop him from annihilating the city. Danny won a BMI Film Music Award for his score. Here is the Spider-Man 2 main title. Danny's next collaboration with Tim Burton was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in 2005. Does this movie sound familiar to another film? Well, it does, since the original was the 1971 film 
Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The Burton Musical Adventure version was also based upon the 1964 book. Starring as Willy Wonka was Johnny Depp, who gives a tour to Charlie, a kind and loving boy living in poverty with his parents and four bedridden grandparents. Down the street is Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Wonka announces a contest whereby children that five five golden tickets hidden in Wonka bars will be given a tour of the factory, and one a chance to be presented with an unknown grand prize. Elfman's score is based upon three primary themes, a gentle family theme for the buckets, generally set in upper woodwinds, a mystical string-driven waltz for Willy Wonka, and a hyper-upbeat factory theme for full orchestra. Danny also wrote and performed the vocals for four songs, with pitch changes and modulations to represent different singers. Here is part of the track, End Credit Suite. came yet another Tim Burton film, Corpse Bride, another stop-motion animated fantasy and co-directed by Michael Johnson. Johnny Depp led an all-star cast as the voice of Victor, while Helena Bonham Carter voiced Emily, the title character. Corpse Bride is the third stop-motion feature film produced by Burton and the first directed by him. In an unnamed Victorian-era European village, Victor von Dort, the son of Nouveau Riche, Fish Merchants, and Victoria Everglot, played by Emily Watson, the neglected daughter of hateful aristocrats, are getting prepared for their arranged marriage, which will raise the social class of Victor's parents and restore the wealth of Victoria's penniless family. Both have concerns about marrying someone they do not know, but they fall instantly in love when they first meet. After the shy, clumsy Victor ruins the wedding rehearsal and is scolded by the pastor, he flees and practices his wedding vows in the nearby forest, placing the wedding ring on a nearby upturned tree root. The tree root turns out to be the finger of a murdered woman, Emily, in a tattered bridal gown, who rises from the grave, claiming that she is now Victor's wife. Here's track five, Remains of the Day. 
reminiscent to me of Danny's Oingo Boingo days. Listen, you corpses of cheer, least those of you who still got an ear. I'll tell you a story and make a skeleton cry of our own jubiliciously lovely corpse bride. You might try high and you might try brave, but we all end up the remains of the day. <laughs> miles around when a mysterious stranger came into town. He was plenty good looking, but down on his cash. And our poor little baby, she fell hot and fast when her daddy said no. She just couldn't cope, so our lovers came up with a plan to elope. In 2006 saw Danny's soundtrack for Nacho Libre, the American-Mexican comedy film about a priest who wants to become a professional wrestler. Next he composed the music to Charlotte's Web, a live-action computer-animated feature children's film based upon the popular book of the same name by E.B. White. One spring, on a farm in Maine, Fern Arable, played by Dakota Fanning, finds her father about to kill the runt of the litter of newborn pigs. She successfully begs him to spare its life. He gives it to her, who names him Wilbur, and raises him as her pet. To her regret, when he grows into an adult pig, she is forced to take him to the Zuckerman farm, where he is to be prepared as dinner in due time. A spider named Charlotte, played by Julia Roberts, lives in the space above Wilbur's sty in the Zuckerman's barn. She befriends him and decides to help prevent him from being eaten. Here is the delightful main title track, once again showing Danny's breath as a composer.
Feldman's first full-length film for 2007 was Meet the Robinsons, based upon a book by William Joyce titled A Day with Wilbur Robinson. Lewis is an aspiring young inventor at an orphanage whose inventions have been scaring off potential parents. He decides that his mother, who abandoned him at the orphanage as an infant, is the only one who ever truly loved him, and he works on a machine to scan his memory to locate her. Here is track number eight titled, To the Future. Next in 2007 was the action film The Kingdom, directed by Peter Berg. The film is fictional, but it was inspired by bombings in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The story follows a team of FBI agents who investigate the bombing of a foreign workers' facility in Saudi Arabia. In 2008, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, arrived. Both it and the 2004 original were directed by Guillermo del Toro. In my opinion, Ron Perlman was perfectly cast as Hellboy, an immensely powerful demon who works for the government organization Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Here is the dark and dramatic track, Hellboy 2 Titles. Another soundtrack for Elfman in 2008 included Milk, a biographical film based on the life of gay rights activist and politician Harvey Milk. 
who was the first openly gay person to be elected to public office in California as a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. The film stars Sean Penn as Milk and Josh Brolin as Dan White, a city supervisor who later assassinates Milk. The film was released to much acclaim and earned numerous accolades. Ultimately, it received eight Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture, winning two for Best Actor in the Leading Role for Sean Penn, and Best Original Screenplay for Dustin Black. Here's part of the soulful track number 24, Give Em Hope, a far cry from the strains of Oingo Bongo.
We have only another five years to go to bring us up to the present. Thanks for hanging in so far. Now, in 2009, Danny led off with the soundtrack to Notorious, about the life and murder of Christopher Wallace, an American rapper known by his stage name of The Notorious B.I.G. Up next was the film Terminator Salvation, the fourth installment for the franchise starring Christian Bale and set in the year 2018. Christian is John Connor, a resistance fighter in the war between Skynet and humanity. At a Skynet base, Connor discovers the schematics for a new type of Terminator, incorporating living tissue. Here is a part of the track titled Reveal, The Escape. Also in 2009, Danny provided four cues to the Ang Lee film, Taking Woodstock. The next year, 2010, started with The Wolfman, a horror remake of the 1941 film of the same name, with a great cast, but not well received. Then came Alice in Wonderland, yet another Tim Burton fantasy film, based on the work by Lewis Carroll of 1865. Mia Wasikowska played Alice, while Johnny Depp was the Mad Hatter, Anne Hathaway as the White Queen, and Helena Bonham Carter as the Red Queen. The film grossed over $1 billion worldwide, making it Tim Burton's most successful picture to date. Danny Elfman received a nomination for Best Score Soundtrack at the 53rd Grammy Awards. A sequel, Alice in Wonderland, Through the Looking Glass, is planned for release in 2016. Here is the dramatic strong choral cue for Alice's theme.
In 2011, the film Real Steel was released, a science fiction sports drama film starring Hugh Jackman as Charlie Kenton and Dakota Goyo as his son, Max Kenton. The film is based on the short story Steel, which was originally published in the May 1956 edition of The Magazine of Fantasy and Science Fiction, and later adapted into a 1963 Twilight Zone episode. In the year 2020, human boxers are replaced by robots. Charlie, a former boxer, owns the robot Ambush, but loses it in an arranged fight against a bull belonging to promoter and carnival owner Ricky, who sees Charlie as a joke, partially because he beat up Charlie the last time they competed in the ring. Having made a bet that Ambush would win, Charlie is now in debt to Ricky, which he runs out on. However, Mac discovers Adam, an obsolete but intact robot designed to withstand severe damage, and capable of mimicking its handler's motions. Here is Danny's good-feeling end title track called People's Champion. In 2011, Danny composed his most recent significant non-film work for the Cirque du Soleil with the show Iris. Here is the track titled The Twins.
The year 2012 saw no fewer than six feature film soundtracks composed by Danny Elfman. Starting off the year was Dark Shadows from director Tim Burton, a horror comedy film loosely based on the gothic television soap opera Dark Shadows that was broadcast between 1966 and 1971. The film stars Johnny Depp as Barnabas Collins, a 200-year-old vampire who has been imprisoned in a coffin. Collins is eventually unearthed and makes his way back to his mansion, now inhabited by his descendants. He discovers that his jealous ex-lover, Angelique Bouchard, played by Ava Green, has taken over the town's fishing business that was once run by the Collins family. Here is Danny's track titled, The End... Next up was the next installment of Men in Black 3, released 10 years after Men in Black 2. It was a box office success, earning over $624 million worldwide. In 2012, an alien criminal, Boris the Animal, a Bogodite, escaped from a maximum security prison on the moon and arrives on Earth, bent on taking revenge on Agent K, who shot off his left arm and captured him in 1969. Also in 2012, Tim Burton came out with Frankenweenie, with yet another Danny Elfman score. The third time they had a double, that is, two collaborated feature films in the same year. A 3D horror stop-motion animated film, it is a remake of Burton's own 1984 short film of the same name, and is a parody of and an homage to the 1931 film Frankenstein, based upon the Mary Shelley book. The voice cast includes four actors who've worked with Burton on previous films. Winona Ryder, from Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. Catherine O'Hara, from Beetlejuice and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Martin Short, from Mars Attack. And Martin Landau, from Ed Wood and Sleepy Hollow. Frankenweenie was created in black and white. It was also the fourth stop-motion film produced by Burton, and the first of those four that is not a musical. Danny Elfman won a Saturn Award for Best Music. Here is track number 20, titled Happy Ending. Mm-hmm. 
Also out in 2012 were the films Hitchcock, a drama film about the famous director's making of Psycho. Now, Bernard Herrmann composed a score to Psycho, including that strident string music associated with the shower scene. Since Herrmann was an inspiration to Elfman, it is easy to see why Danny would have agreed to do the music for this film. Next was Promised Land, a tale about fracking coming to a small town in Pennsylvania. The year 2013 opened with Oz, the Great and Powerful. Seems like it should have been a Tim Burton film with Johnny Depp. But no, it was directed by Sam Raimi, starring James Franco in the title role. The film is based upon L. Frank Baum's Oz novels and is a prequel to the 1939 MGM film The Wizard of Oz. Set 20 years before the events of the original novel, Oz, the Great and Powerful, focuses on the origin of the Wizard of Oz, whose real name is revealed to be Oscar Diggs, and who arrives in the land of Oz and encounters three witches. The Disney film was a success, was over $493 million in box office sales. Danny's next 2013 film score was for the movie Epic, an animated 3D fantasy action-adventure film based upon a children's book titled The Leaf Men and the Brave Good Bugs. Danny Elfman was nominated as Film Composer of the Year for his work in Frankenweenie, Hitchcock, Oz the Great and Powerful, Promised Land, and Silver Linings Playbook, but he lost to Michael Dana for his score to Life of Pi. American Hustle was Danny's next 2013 soundtrack, followed in 2014 by Mr. Peabody and Sherman, two characters from the original The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show cartoon series, incidentally voted the number six greatest cartoon show of all time by TV Guide. Here is the track number 18 titled, I'm a Dog 2.
the last movie soundtrack currently listed for Danny Elfman is Big Eyes, which is also the most current Tim Burton-directed film. The film, just released theatrically on December 25th, is about American artist Margaret Keene, played by Amy Adams, whose work was fraudulently claimed in the 1950s and 60s by her then-husband Walter Keene, played by Christopher Waltz. The film tells the story of their heated divorce trial wherein Margaret accused Walter of stealing her paintings. Here is the track titled, Opening.
Okay, we're all caught up. But Danny is not taking it easy. At least three works are scheduled for 2015, including the soundtrack for Fifty Shades of Grey, Sea of Trees, and Tulip Fever. In 2016, he is slated to return with Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. Over his fantastic career, Danny has been nominated for awards a total of 75 times, winning 33 of those, an amazing percentage. Danny Elfman has three children, Lola, born in 1979, Molly, born in 1984, and Oliver, born in 2005. In 2003, he married film actress Bridget Fonda, granddaughter of Henry Fonda. If you have limited funds and just can't collect all the Danny Elfman soundtracks, let me very highly recommend getting the CD, Music for a Darkened Theater, Film and Television Music, Volume 1, and also Volume 2. Volume 1 is only $7.99 on iTunes and includes 17 tracks from 17 television or movie works by Danny. Volume 2 has 29 tracks and is available at Amazon. I would like to thank Wikipedia and the IMDb for being readily available sources of information for today's podcast. Well, that's it for this music and sci-fi guest podcast about the music of Danny Elfman, self-made and self-taught composer. Next week, Rico will return on January 4th, 2015, with a podcast on the Deep Space Nine episode, Soldiers of the Empire. Until then, thank you all for listening to this podcast, and Happy New Year's to you all. I'm going to end the podcast with Oingo Boingo's Dead Man's Party with Danny Elfman singing the lead.